fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you all very much for joining once again today. Ready to talk a, about a club that's, uh, well, peaked in valleys, you know, streaky. Streakiest team in the NHL, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, we left off last show with the Wild beating the Blackhawks in a shootout, losing to Carolina in a shootout before that, the day, uh, day right the day before that, having a nice shutdown type of performance against the Los Angeles Kings. Very exciting. Darcy Kemper doing it again, March the 22nd, crushing the Calgary Flames the 24th of March on Paul Tuniverse Canada's birthday, shutting out the uh, Blackhawks, shutting out the uh, Colorado Avalanche for nothing, March the 26th. So exciting. So much fun. Tuesday, March 29th, 4-1 to victory over the Blackhawks. Completing a season sweep. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the uh, uh, in the in the second segment a bit when I jump into the Facebook page a little bit because I posted that up there. A little conversation there, but uh, fun stretch. And then the Wild haven't won a game since March 29th, and of course it's been two weeks since the last show again. Kind of had it was real. I was tied down last week with Purple Mafia. I mean, I was really trying to get that show done, doing a ton of research and, and uh, putting together the notes and such. To get the Purple Mafia show out. State of the Vikings 2016. So football fans, Viking fans out there that haven't heard about that one yet. Do check that out, please. On the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Very, very, very fun listen. I'm joined by a very energetic young man named Sebastian Balls in the second segment. He kind of does the second segment himself because we were unable to record it live due to a busy schedule and such. So, and, uh... Uh, conflicting schedules as well. That's kind of the main theme there. Uh, again, going to try to brush things a bit with a stroke and sense of like the streakiness and such. I'm not going to go heavy into detail, but I will talk about the Calgary game a bit as well, even though it's the oldest one. <laughs> Six games to uh, talk about. The Calgary Flames game. Well, Nicholas Backstrom is back in net. Oh no, Nicky Backstrom. Uh-oh, and I picked the Wild to lose the game just because I thought, I thought, I mean, I don't know, Calgary, sometimes it's an up and down situation with them. And their offense was so good and such. And I thought maybe Nicholas Baxter would have some kind of a special game out there. But as we should have known and we knew we knew this already. And I, I don't know why I even fooled myself. But Nicholas Baxter is washed up. I mean, completely washed up. Just because he had a good game against a Montreal Canadiens team that is pretty much ready for the golf courses. They don't give a crap anymore. They're, they're, Carey Price was hurt and so were other guys. And they're not going anywhere. So they're just kind of mailing it in now. And uh, Nicholas Baxter. Well, gives up six goals to the Wild. Zach Parisi with a hat trick. Yeah, Zach Parisi. You remember the guy that uh, I gave the James Shepard Memorial? Hmm. (laughs) James Shepard Memorial to Zach Parisi. Doesn't it always work that way? Doesn't it tell you somebody somewhere is listening to these shows? I, I don't know. I mean, it feeds the, it really does feed the, the uh, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theorist in me that thinks that uh, Wild players or somebody listens to this show. Timberwolves players listen to Timberwolves Explosion. Viking players listen to Purple Mafia and such. So, I mean, I don't know. Because every time I give somebody a negative award, they tend to pick it up and play way better. Maybe not so much on the Vikings show, but on occasion. But Wild, Brave the Wild and Timberwolves Explosion, I'm telling you, something's up. Zach Reese hadn't scored a goal since, uh, well, you know, <laughs> uh, 18-12. No, pretty much it seemed like it. Uh, his previous goal was March 10th. That was a while ago, but that was also uh, not long after Mr. Uh, Torchetti came back. He's, that was his second goal since Torchetti had come back. And then February 15th was Torchetti's first game. The Wild stomped the Vancouver the Vancouver Canucks, our favorite team. Pardon me, I'm dropping stuff here. My bad. Ultimately, man, oh man, oh man. Uh, it's like you go back, way back into... Well, January 21st, Zach Creasy had scored a goal, and then he had a hat-trick on the 5th. You know, it, it's like I almost forgot about that one. I remember he opened the season with a hat-trick, but he'd score goals here and there. January 21st, ultimately, was his last goal in uh, the Mike Yo era. Very inconsistent. You have a goal here, and then you have like 10 games, and then the goal. Oh, and then you get a couple goals in a, in a, in a short time, and then it's 10 games again. And then he gets a hat-trick, and then a couple goals, this, that. But uh, Zach Creasy, an outstanding uh, couple weeks here. Ultimately winding up with 10 points in a six-game stretch here. Um, yes, six-game stretch for Zach Carisi. And if you want to count the 11th game, it's 11 points in 11 games because they had an assist in the LA Kings game. But other than that, he'd been extremely quiet. Uh, Zach Carisi, just an absolute great effort there. He had three goals against the Calgary Flames, two goals against the Colorado Avalanche in that shutout performance. Uh, Mikhail Granlin also has emerged of late. 
not like exploding or anything. But he had he's, he's had three goals since the last game he scored against the Calgary uh, excuse me Colorado Avalanche two points in that one with an assist an assist against the Blackhawks a goal against Detroit recently and a goal against Winnipeg both in losing efforts the Detroit game a well a, an important goal that kept the Wild in it but the Winnipeg game well yeah it kind of kind of had the Wild in the game still I mean they were very much in the game a two to one situation so it wasn't like a <laughs> it wasn't like a oh shucks we scored a goal and it's with like ten minutes left so. Both goals actually significant, making the score 2-1. to one. But then ultimately, of course, things went the way they did. Uh, Devin Dubnik seems to have lost his touch a bit. The defense is bad, sloppy. The offense is sputtering in a big way. This this team went from playing fantastic hockey to not really good hockey. And for some reason, that Ottawa game got it started. March the 31st, I don't know what's up with that. 3-2 uh, to two loss to the Ottawa Senators in Excel Energy Center. The Wild continue to stink in the X, even though they had just recently beaten the Blackhawks in the X. 4-1, to one, sweeping the season series in the first season sweep of the Chicago Blackhawks since 1939. Don't know, uh, don't know. I, I don't know, I mean, I can't believe it's been that long, but that, that wow. Of any team since 1939, that's uh, insane. The North Stars hadn't. The North Stars didn't exist for another 33 years. That's how long ago we're talking here. And the North Stars, the Minnesota North Stars, have not been in Minnesota for 20, 20, 23 years already. So, yeah, it just tells you something there. It's kind of weird. Um, that's insane. Uh, Devin Dubnik only faced 22 shots in the uh, Ottawa Senators game. And I'd like to talk more extensively about the positive games because they were so much fun. But now we're kind of jumping back in the negative part of here again. Parisi did manage to score one of the goals, and Eric Halla also managing to score one of the goals. Really, the three best players on the offensive side of the on the offensive side for the Wild have pretty much been since in the last two weeks have been Granlund, uh, Parisi, and Halla. You can also include Nito Niederreiter in that, but then again, not quite as much. It's like you can include him in there, just not as much. You know, not, not as much lately. But really, in the Torchetti area, all these guys have really stepped up in a huge way, and it's been a beautiful thing indeed. Absolutely wonderful uh, for all the young uh, for for the young guys and certain veterans as well. Jason Pominville was just on an absolute tear at the beginning of, of Torchetti's uh, run here with the Wild, but then then he got hurt and he hasn't scored since. He's just been invisible. So, well, it is what it is. Uh, Friday, April first, April Fools in Detroit. Oh goody, I know that's real funny, right? And the Red Wings trying to make the playoffs once again. Yeah, they've, they've been on a streak since 1989. Just absolutely insane, and they're trying to get in again. Last year, they made it in in the last minute there. Uh, the last couple of games of the season, they're trying to do the same thing again this year. Wouldn't be surprised if they did. I mean, 1989. That's just... <laughs> 1989. You know, I was 10 years old in 1989. Tell me how old you were. I mean, some of you weren't born yet. Some of you were, like, you know, way younger. Yeah, you weren't, like, adults yet, that type of thing. Uh, Granlund again scoring in the game, like I was mentioning, making it three to two, not two to one, but it was two to one in the Anaheim game. Jonas Brodin's second goal of the season, <laughs> making it two to one. That's what I was getting mixed up with, and very happy to see Jonas Brodin scoring again, <laughs> only his second goal of the season. A very underrated player because his offense has really disappeared. Um, just like last year, he had over twenty points. This year, he's like tolling around in the single digits. I can't believe it. Not scoring at all, but his defense is still very sound. But still, overall in general, not playing as well as last year. But if you were to trade a defenseman this summer, it's I, uh, I, I agree with a lot of the other guys in this town, like Beyond the Pond and such. I don't want to trade Jonas Brodeen. Uh, you know, the Pat Micheletti's, Nate Millers, and um, Cheddar B. Cheddar you know, <laughs> B, whatever you want to call him <laughs> on KFAN. Uh, Jonas Brodeen, no, I, I don't want to trade him. Um he still has a chance to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. I think he's got a he's got a nice positive future ahead of him. A little inconsistent, and it's driving me crazy. But overall, I, I think he has a better future than at least defensively than Dumba. Uh, Dumba's got a more explosive offensive future uh, overall. But mm, man, uh, the Wild been suffering as well in the absence of Jared Spurgeon. That's a huge reason. Also, the Wild have been losing games of late. Jared Spurgeon's value is off the charts, and uh, he's, uh, let's just say his chances of winning a, an award for the season for my show, you know, the Minnesota Wilds, yeah, you get the idea, I'm trying not to spoil it too much yet, foreshadowing, you get the idea, his chances of being the, 
let's just say he's in the MVP conversation for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, just to make it obvious, MVP conversation for the Minnesota Wild for the season. Without a doubt, is Jared Spurgeon. And uh, the absence of him off the charts, great defense, great offense, uh, almost 30 points in the season, even though he's missed a couple of games this year. 29 points in the season, his value just off the charts, and it's a heartbreaker to see him out of the wild lineup uh, for the past several games here. Not, not uh, yeah, for the past like week, week and a half. It's been a big bummer. Um, mm. And then you get that Winnipeg game, 5-1. to one. You think, okay, we'll get things right now because Winnipeg's just not playing well. Yeah, the Wild's history with Winnipeg is checkered, but overall the success rate is decent. Not so good in Winnipeg, though. It, it just seems like the Wild don't play well there. Um, it's the old Viking-Packer thing, you know, and it's been a wild back and forth between these two clubs this year. A 5-4 to four loss in Winnipeg early, much early in the season, October 25th. You get a 5-3 to three victory for the Wild in the X. 3-1 to one loss in the X, November 21st. That was when people were afraid, here we go again. one nothing loss, January 15th. That's when nothing was going well, and then a 5-1 loss to Winnipeg April 3rd. Winnipeg Jets, not even close to making the playoffs this year. Not even close. I mean, I, I don't know what happened to this team. There's seven games under 500. I mean, geez, Jiminy Christmas. I mean, seven, eight games above 500 in the Eastern Conference. You're, you're out of the playoffs right now. And, the, and they stopped the Wild this year. I mean, they, they won the series 4-1. to 4-1. to one. If it was a five-game series between the Wild and the Jets in the, in the playoffs, they lose five, or excuse me, they lose 4-1. to one. Absolutely pathetic, 5-1 to one because of the score there. Uh, some soft goals given up in this one. It's pretty much just throw it at... Uh, Pretty much just throw it low and hope it's bouncing a little bit to Dubnik and it gets past him. Uh, just a lousy game as well as he'd been playing. A terrible game for Devin Dubnik. Mm-mm. Terrible game overall for him. Drew Stafford with a big goal along the way. Blake Wheeler's a guy that I really, really wish the Wild could have. Just a big, giant forward. <laughs> Obviously played with the Gophers a while ago. But he, he's been fantastic, about 70 points on the season, 73 points overall. Um, just uh, He's a right wing. I, I, I kept thinking he's a center, but a right winger. The Wild could really use him. I mean, just imagine him and Charlie Coyle on this Wild roster. That'd be nice, a nice future for this team. But then again, Blake Wheeler is not that young, actually. He's only a year older. He's a year younger than Zach Parisi. But 73 points on the season, a trillion assists, 23 goals. I guess in a lot of ways, he's kind of like a better Koivu, I guess you could say. But, hey, a better Koivu, like a number one, you know, top line type of guy, which Koivu has been on and off in that category during the course of the season. Uh, I don't think he's going to be winning any Mike McDonough awards anymore, unless he has like a huge couple games here. The Wild only have two games remaining in the regular season against San Jose and Calgary, which is fine. I know you might think you might as well just let the season wrap up and then do a show, but I don't know what the future holds the next couple of days here with the lawn cleanups coming up, so I figure I better get this out now and then come back hopefully very soon after that and talk about the hopeful playoffs. Most likely, I think the Wild will make it, but it's not a done deal yet. Just win one effing game. That would be nice. It's all they've had to do the past couple of days because Colorado is not doing anything about it overall. <sighs> it's like, where do you go here? Um... It's almost like I uh, see because in the other two, the, when I when I get into the second segment to review those games, I want to talk about the NCAA tournament a bit and about the wild prospects and signing a guy and maybe another one coming up too, and signing a certain guy from, uh, well, let's just say he's related to the Gophers' uh, head coach. You know, uh, very excited about that, and already on the Iowa Wild, which surprised me a bit, and but it's very exciting. I'm very happy about that. Um, it's been a disappointing stretch of games here. Uh, inconsistent play, but again, I mean, you can't blame it all on Spurgeon being out, but at the same time, he, he's a serious loss. I mean, a very significant loss for this club. It's not a coincidence that this team is playing worse without him in the lineup. Uh, the Wild, It's just crazy, though. The Wild had won six games in a row when they beat those Blackhawks, and here we are now, you know, just, just uh, struggling like all get out, losing three games in a row, and it feels like more than that, ultimately. Uh, Spurgeon, yep, he was in that Blackhawk game like I thought. Yep, he scored a goal. I remember and an assist. Two points in the game. Went from 27 to 29 points. So he was in the last game for the Wild there. The last win for the Wild. And then, of course, things... And then, of course, he gets injured in the Ottawa game. And things change dramatically after that. Just a heartbreaker. Yep, he only played a minute in that game. It was real early. That's what I... Yep, he played, really, he played only a couple minutes in that game. Was injured. And we haven't seen him since. Heartbreaker, indeed. Uh, his value off the charts for this team. And it just left. It just leaves us high and dry now. And you got Nate Prosser out there, who I don't have anything against him, but the guy definitely 
<laughs> the guy is definitely a bubble player in the NHL at best, unfortunately for him. And ultimately, I could see uh, Gustav Olofsson or somebody like that replacing him long-term on this roster. Or, of course, some somebody else, some other uh, significant signing or such along the way. Ultimately, uh, lower body injury, as they like to say, uh, skated Monday and could be in the lineup Tuesday. That's the hope, that being San Jose, of course, tonight. San Jose Sharks tonight. Hopefully, Jared Spurgeon will be back, and that would be nice. Lower body injury, so we'll just kind of leave that as is, I suppose. Strong season, 29 points. And, of course, provides more than just offense, just an overall intelligent defense and such. His value is off the charts to this franchise, and... Uh, two years ago, I couldn't. Two, three years ago, I, I couldn't have said that. I thought he was just an okay player who had made it on the team and was was a, a nice surprise and all that. But you know, I, I thought he'd score a couple points here and there, and his defense wasn't that good. But boy, he has just improved so much the last couple of years. That uh, man, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine the Wild without him right now. It, they, they would really be struggling. So let's pass out the awards before I drag this on any longer. Ultimately, the Mike Madonna Award for. The past two weeks, it's going to go to Zach Parisi, even though he's gotten a little bit quieter of late, but I'm, I hope he's going to pick it back up again and keep it going. But Zach Parisi's got to get it with that hat trick and the strong performance, 10 points in in uh, 10 points in six games and 11 points in seven games, that type of deal, ultimately for Zach Parisi. So strong. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, also kind of an honorable mention. He's been playing so much better, and he's up to 44 points on the season. 13 goals, finally. That's a career high. 44 points for Granlin, another, I mean, also a career high, but he's also been healthy, finally. It's about bleeping time. Uh, but it's super sad when you see your leading scorer is, has 54 points on the season. Nothing against Miko Koivu. Thank you for the 54 points. But if that's your leading scorer, oof. Boy, and yes, I would think Zacharisi's points would be higher, but then again, his inconsistent play, that's on him, baby. That's on him. And Charlie Coyle, that's another thing I got to mention before I uh, sign off here. I, I knew I was forgetting something. It was very important. Charlie Coyle ultimately uh, had two goals on March the 1st and none since. And remember when I talked about Charlie Coyle, uh, like, man, if he doesn't get 30 goals with all these games remaining, I'd be absolutely shocked. And there's no chance in hell he's going to get 30 goals in the season now. Only two games remaining. I hope he's going to score against the Sharks or the Flames. I hope he gets his 22nd goal in the year. But to think that Charlie Coyle is going to finish with possibly just 21 goals in the season with the tear he was on and how well he was playing for an extended period of time, it's really just disheartening. Um, you hear Anthony LaPanta saying he's a future superstar in this league. So let's not rip on Chuck Fletcher for that whole Brent Burns trade. Well... One complaint I do have is, well, Zach Phillips, the draft pick you acquired in the Brent Burns trade, is gone, and he's he's a complete bust. 28th pick overall, complete bust. That's that's not good. You know, if you really wanted to make it a great trade, what if Zach Phillips was a at least a competent NHL player at this stage? Maybe a third liner. Maybe second liner. Wouldn't that be nice? Nope. He, he's not even a second liner in the AHL, ladies and gentlemen. He's a fourth liner in the AHL at this stage. Fourth bleeping liner. And then you trade him for a guy who's actually maybe slightly worse than Jared Knight. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Devin Zetaguchi, I mean, he doesn't even exist. He's he's a myth. Does, that, does Devin Zetaguchi exist? And he sucked, man. He was an inconsistent player. He fell on a shootout. That's how, just, it's just, that's just Devin Zetaguchi. He's not good. He's just not good. Those are two guys you got in the Brent Birds trade. And both of them are irrelevant, completely irrelevant. Devin Zetaguchi's not in the NHL. He's playing overseas somewhere because nobody wants him. And, of course, Zach Phillips, I just talked about it. Now, Charlie Coyle was the other piece. He was meant to be the main piece of the trade. He's got 40 points on the season, 41 points, 21 goals, 21, 22 points, 21 goals, 21 assists. But, oh, boy, um, I don't like that he, I, I don't like the inconsistency, right? Now. You know, I thought, I really thought he was going to wind up leading this team in scoring. And it just completely stopped. I mean, March 1st, it's April 5th, folks. And he stopped scoring goals on March 1st. He had a two-goal game, by the way. Very exciting. Made me made me very proud and happy. Two goals against the Colorado Avalanche. Very important game. And I was just dancing on the ceiling. And I remember talking about that game. And just two goals on the season. Um, he's an honorable mention for the <laughs> for the James Shepard Memorial. But for me, i got to give it to Jason Zucker. He just... That's a guy, Jason Zucker. I could, you know, I, it, a tear's not going to drop my eye if he's gone. Um, 13 goals in the season. 
And it's like he's lucky even at 13. I mean, that's how, pa- that's how bad he's been. And he gets no assists whatsoever. He's so inconsistent. He can't even hang on to the puck half the time. Never seems to get loose. And whenever he does, he just does nothing with it. He, he, he can't finish for his life. And he was a guy a year ago. You saw him on the breakaway. And it's like, oh my God, look at that speed. And he's probably going to score. Yes, he did. There it is. Two nothing wild. That was Jason Zucker. Now it's like, get him out of there. You know, I, I don't care if he's on the fourth line, the second line, whatever. Just go. Go. You know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Let's give that let's give that spot to you know, one of the uh, prospects or, or a free agent, like a, like a legitimate free agent, if we can afford one of some sorts out there. Uh, I don't see Jason Tucker having much of a future here in the NHL. Uh, ultimately... There's an expansion team that I'm gonna that I should talk. I'll, I'll talk about it now before I pass out the. Well, yeah, I already did. I did pass out the James Shepard Memorial. Duh, to Jason Zucker. But as I wrap up the segment, there's an expansion team rumored, but it's most likely going to happen. Of course, the Las Vegas Black Knights. There's already a name and logo for the team, which is hilarious. <laughs> already a name, logo, uniform design, everything for the Las Vegas Black Knights. And there's been talks about who would you protect in the expansion draft? Because remember how there's always certain guys. Certain guys that are overpriced you can put out there because, you know, you don't have to worry about losing them like a Ryan Suter. And that way you can protect like a Jonas Brodeen. You don't risk losing a Jonas Brodeen or possibly a Matt Dumba or something in that type of a, a deal. Somebody like that, you know, maybe you don't want to lose Granlin, that type of thing. Jason Zucker, I, I would let go. I, I would leave him available. And if the, the Las Vegas Black Knights uh, scooped up Jason Zucker, you know what? Good for him. He could go be the best player on an expansion team for a couple years and disappear into oblivion. That's about what would probably happen with the rate he's going. Again, with the Wilds' luck, who knows? Maybe he'd be a 35-goal scorer for the next 10 years, but I, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's a guy that I could live with letting go. If we had to let him go instead of Eric Halla, goodbye. Adios, amigo. I'll keep Eric Halla over Jason Zucker any day of the week, and I know at 10 times, 10 out of 10, out of 10 people last year would have said the opposite uh, last season, but... Eric Kala, you know, I've always had a good feeling about him. I've always liked him. He's success. He's uh, he's succeeded at every level he's been at, and to go from a seventh round pick to leading the leading scorer in the AHL team wild, and to being uh, such a valuable piece he is in the NHL level now. I want Eric Kala on this team. He just needed a coach that believed in him, you know, rather than Mike Yo just kind of pushing him to the side and sitting him out and all that. When you get Torchetti getting him going the way he has. Very exciting, and I think that's helping Kurt Shetty's job uh, uh, job prospects to increase here. I, I got to think so. Not sure what's going on with him and Coyle. I, I don't think anything bad's going on, but I don't know why Coyle's not scoring. I, I don't have an answer for that, and I hope he can break out of it, and I hope he does break out of the organization that traded him to the Wild for Brent Burns, who's been absolutely fantastic. We'll talk about him right after this at segment number two. <laughs> the wild preview segment and of course talking about the prospects and such into the NCAA tournament and a uh, nice little signing that finally got this done obviously but you, you know the long wait is over for it hopefully it works out we'll get to that in a moment here first of all we'll do the previews here the Minnesota Wild host the San Jose Sharks Tuesday March the 5th San Jose Sharks come to town San Jose Sharks come to town the return of Brent Burns who's just almost immorally good right now when you look at these numbers just it's, it's almost immoral considering how inconsistent he was at the Wild and it just figures you know it just figures 27 goals 47 assists 74 bleeping points and he's of course played all 79 games as well <laughs> Unbelievable. This guy is, uh, I I mean, what the hell? And I know he plays forward sometimes a a little bit here and there, but not too much. 27 goals, leads all defensive in the NHL in goal scoring. You knew he was an offensive talent, but I don't think I could project what uh, 74 point season here out of the guy. And he's probably going to not, he's probably not going to finish at 74. He'll get a couple more here, possibly in the next couple games. He's got three games remaining. On his schedule, San Jose Sharks back in the playoffs. Joe Thornton 
And old school gray beard Joe Thornton still got it. Seventy nine. He's played all seventy nine games. Seventy eight points, sixty assists for the legendary. Well, yeah, you could say he's about that center of the uh, <laughs> San Jose Sharks, and of course drafted by the Boston Bruins way back in ninety seven. Number one overall. Just still got it all these years later. Absolutely been fantastic. Upper thirties, still got it. And I still remember very well when he was drafted. Joe Pavuski, the only other guy ahead of uh, Brent Burns in the scoring for the Sharks, the San Jose Sharks, seventy-six uh, points on the season, thirty-six goals leading the way for the uh, Sharks in that category. Thomas Hurdle, Mister Highlight Reel. Thomas Hurdle, the fourth fourth leading scorer, way below, <laughs> way below Brent Burns, twenty-nine points less in that case. But you got a serious big three. For the Sharks, uh, Martin Jones has been fantastic, and that's a huge reason why the Sharks are better. You're getting better goalkeeping and such with this club. Two point two six goals against average, five shutouts on the season, save percentage almost ninety two percent. The damn good hockey team, they're back. Uh, Forty four and twenty nine on the season, very much in the postseason. They're a division leader for that Pacific Division, which you thought wasn't a big deal in the past, but it's a pretty big deal now. All three of those California teams are scary as hell. I mean, the Kings could win the Stanley Cup. The Ducks could win the Stanley Cup. Saying the Sharks and Stanley Cup in the same sentence it doesn't make sense usually. But I don't know. I mean, when they're good, they're they're always a team you could you could say they could they could break loose and win it this year. Though at this point, the way Washington has been playing over the course of the entire season, if they don't win the Stanley Cup, it's a colossal collapse, huge disappointment. And that's a club though that reminds you of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you know. They, they always have this good record, and they never achieve as well as they're supposed to in the postseason. And I'm sorry to rip the Vikings, but it is what it is. I mean, hello, when have the Vikings overachieved? 1987, maybe. That's about it. And they still didn't get it done that year. They just didn't. Uh, Sharks. <laughs> Sharks and Capitals are kind of similar that way, where they'll have this huge season, and then they're out in the first round, out in the second round. Oh, maybe they make it all the way to the conference finals, but out anyway. You know, they still don't go all the way. They don't get to the ultimate goal of the Stanley Cup Finals. The Washington Capitals made the Stanley Cup Finals in 1996. There's no Alex Ovechkin. They had Adam Oates and all that. He was getting older, and they got swept by the the, the dead things. Of course, that was 90s. That was, uh, yeah, they got beat by the Colorado Avalanche. Pardon me, wrong, wrong, wrong year there. 96, Colorado Avalanche. Pardon me. All coming out of my head. That's the way I roll. Wild and Sharks have split the season series so far. A nice shutout by the Wild. By Double D, Devin Dubnik on uh, December the 12th. One of his shutouts on the year. He's got a good number of shutouts as well, but he's not as consistent as Martin Jones. And the Sharks beat the Wild in San Jose. Both of these games have been in San Jose. A pretty ugly game. The Wild just kind of blew it. Um, and the Sharks, you could just tell, they're a significantly better team. The Wild kind of tried to come back in that game after the Sharks went up early, but ultimately San Jose won the game and the Wild got no points, and that was when the Wild struggles really started to mount, and Mike Yo's job status was starting to uh, like go in a dive, literally. Uh, we'll wrap up the season series. We'll find out who wins it tonight. Wild host the Sharks in XL Energy Center, so we finally get a home game against this club. Can the Wild beat them tonight? <clears throat> They're going to have to. Uh, let's wrap up this freaking uh, playoff, playoffs here. It's crazy to think that the Wild might not even wind up with 90 points and still make the playoffs. In, in the 2016 NHL? Huh. Western Conference is kind of weak at the bottom, isn't it? Just just a tiny, just a just a little bit there, just a little bit, and it's because the Colorado Avalanche just suck. They're inconsistent, uh, inconsistent, undisciplined, talented, all that, but they're just kind of weird, you know. the The Avalanche are weird, and if the Wild let them in, shame on the Wild, shame on them. Uh, it is what it is. I, I like what Torchetti's done for the offense in general. Certain guys are scoring goals that weren't before, but. Still, you gotta you gotta look around. You gotta give him an interview. He he should be a candidate to be the head coach of the Wild. But if they just simply hire him and that's it, that's just bullcrap, you know. And, and you, I I don't think that's what they're gonna do. I think Chuck Fletcher's job should be evaluated in the off season. He's made some good moves. He's better than Doug Risebrow, but still, I think uh, he could have. I think there's a lot of <laughs> nooks and crannies. During the drafting and free agent signing of, of Chuck Fletcher, that deserve a lot of uh, that deserve a lot of, of evaluation in the off season before you just say, "Okay, Chuck Fletcher's still the GM." God bless. All right, so you get a nice long break for whatever reason, four days off to host the Calgary Flames. Now I didn't even predict if the Wild were going to beat the Sharks tonight. It's a it's a tough one. I mean, you know. <clears throat> I got a feeling the Wild will play better tonight. Uh, the Sharks have their postseason wrapped up. Maybe they're going to try to stay healthy here and, and not be too crazy. I'll pick the Wild to win the game 3-2. to 3-2 to victory for the Wild. 
I'm coming out in good faith at this one. I kind of think the Wild are going to wrap up the season with two victories. And let's just say if they lose both of these games, they don't deserve anything. But, um, well, <laughs> Colorado probably will lose their way out anyway. Even if the Wild lose both of these games, the Lanch won't, won't survive. They'll lose enough games and they won't make it. The Wild have a five-point lead still, if you can believe that. In the, uh, the Oh, no, four-point lead. Five-point lead. I'm going crazy. Pardon me. Five-point lead over the Lanch. They have three games remaining, meaning if they win all three in the Wild... Uh, lose both. That's the only way the Lions will make it. I don't think the Lions are going to win three games in a row. And if they do, so shame on me. But I picked the Wild to win tonight, clinch the playoff berth, 89 points on the season. Woohoo. 89 bleeping points. You make the playoffs. <laughs> Man, uh, that's like going back in the day there. Of course, the North Stars made the playoffs at 70 points back in uh, 90, 92, 91, 92. That was definitely a different time, though, where you could finish fourth in your division and make the playoffs. That was the good old days. And then once in a while, one of those type of teams would make a miracle run like the 1990-91 North Stars who only had 68 points and they went to the finals. Huh. That's insane. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something to see that happen again? Oh, that would be freaking awesome. I would love it so much. Sharks. I think the Wild will beat the Sharks 3-2 to two, though in a fairly... I, I think you're going to see a better played game. You're going to see less slop. You're going to see better defense. And the Wild will manage to get three goals in the game. And then Charlie Coyle will get his 22nd goal of the season against the San Jose Sharks. 22nd goal of the season against the San Jose Sharks. That's my prediction, per se, on the gun. Who's the most likely to score? I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it, but I think he's going to get it done against the Sharks. And your damn freaking like scoreless streak, Chuck, Charlie. Please, Chuck. Chuck Coyle. Charlie Coyle. <laughs> and, of course, he was hitting the... Yeah, we'll talk about that, too. Yes, I didn't even get into that cause I, in the Chicago game. But I, I didn't even talk about it because I'm so focused on the wins and losses more than, you know, the side stuff, the uh, the side stories that are important, too. Calgary Flames come to Excel Energy Center. The Wild will beat the Flames to wrap up the season when I get 91 points against the Flames. They're just not... They're, they're mailing it in. They're not playing well. And if the Flames beat the Wild in Excel Energy Center, again, shame on us. I think the Wild will win that game, and I think the most likely guy to score in the game is, 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 is Zach Parisi. Zach Parisi, you know, I want to go with McCall Granlin. I keep seeing his name. I keep thinking that's who it's going to be. He'll finish the season with 14 goals in the season. McCall Granlin, the most likely guy to score against the Calgary Flames. And if Parisi scores in these two games, great. And you might as well do it. I'd like to see him finish as the leading scorer on the team, despite I've been ripping him nonstop. But that's where I go with that. Okay, so I'll talk about <clears throat> Duncan Keith, Duncan Keith, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap. You know, okay, yeah, they said that a little too much on KFAN. Like, when they when they get on a bit, they don't stop, and it's really annoying. At least PA does. He just doesn't stop. And it's like, dude, it's funny. Yeah, it was funny at the beginning. You have to keep running it over, like, for, for like a week. Yes, uh, Duncan Keith pushed down by Zach Parisi, and then he just decided, you know what? Like that. He just kind of swung his stick at Parisi from the ground, from his back. Swung his stick at Parisi's face and kind of mauled his face up a bit. Just, just a little bit. Lots of blood. Duncan Keith, dirty deeds, done dirt cheap. And look, there I go again. Uh, there's nothing cheap about it. Uh, it was a cheap shot. He didn't get any money for it. So, anyway, <laughs> he's not an assassin. Uh, Charlie Coyle is still playing. And hopefully he can score a goal against the Sharks tonight, like I predicted. But, um... Duncan Keith suspended only six games and he will not miss any postseason. Very disappointing for a lot of people. Some people wanted 15 games for uh, Duncan Keith. <clears throat> no, I'll, I, I would have gone with 10. I think 10 games is enough. It's it's bad what he did, but it could have been worse, I, I think. it's He just kind of swung it at him, which is not good, but if he cocked back and like really like railed it, then, then yeah, get him out of there for like 30 games or something. You know, like, uh, like, or, or even more, you know, like he could have been like, uh, uh, Marty McSorley level if he did something like that. But, um, 15, 10, whatever. Maybe if they did suspend him for 15, I wouldn't complain about it. I, I would be satisfied with 10, but I'm not satisfied with the six game suspension. Not good enough. That was lame, but, uh, I think that's how it goes, and there's nothing really you can do about it. They're the almighty Blackhawks and Duncan Keith, the best defenseman ever. Blah, blah, blah. Congratulations, Chicago Blackhawks, on your. Fourth Stanley Cup. Okay, I'm just kidding. I, I don't think they're going to win this year, but we'll just have to talk about that on the next show because that's when you can get into some playoff talk, playoff preview, that type of thing. I'll do a little bit of that on that show. In fact, I'll do a lot of that on that show because that's what that whole show is going to be about. 
<laughs> the prospects, we won't be able to really talk about them anymore because it's, it's over. The Iowa Wild aren't going to make the playoffs, so this will be the final time we'll talk about the prospects for a little while, and we'll get heavier into that into the summer and such and free agency draft, all that. That's going to be fun. A lot of fun. So, <clears throat> ultimately, the Wild did sign Mario Lucia. Yes, sir. The uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish were eliminated in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and pretty much the next day or two, the Minnesota Wild signed. Mario Lucia, of course, was a senior for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They lost 3-2 to two to the hated Michigan Wolverines, who then got pounded by the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, I guess. Not Fighting Sioux, but Fighting Hawks. Third seed in the conference, they defeated Northeastern 6-2. to two. North Dakota's on to the final slash Frozen Four. I, you know, I'd like to know what year they changed it to the Frozen Four. I kept trying to look that up. And then it says Frozen Four, 1954, Frozen Four. No, it was not the Frozen Four, 1954. I distinctly remember the 1995 Final Four being a Final Four when the Gophers got beat by Boston College. Uh, Boston University, I had uh, high hopes on that team, but the gosh dang frickin' Denver Pioneers beat them 7-2. to two. Ferris State defeated St. Cloud State, number two seed in the whole conference. Surprise, surprise, St. Cloud State can't do jack crap in the in the in the tournament can they <laughs> and I like Ferris State and I like those uniforms and I was so thrilled when they scored that overtime goal after St. Cloud State got their miracle little goal at the end of regulation forcing overtime it's like screw you St. Cloud State and then Ferris State scored right away in overtime they win five to four they go on to the second round and then things are going pretty good back and forth with them in Denver and then Denver just pulls away I, I hate the Pioneers I don't know what it is. I can't stand that team. I actually like North Dakota more than the Pioneers. That that says something. I can't stand that team for some freaking reason. 6-3 victory. Pioneers over Fair State. Frozen 4 versus North Dakota. I suppose go North Dakota. Okay, on the other side. Providence, fourth seed in the whole tournament. Minnesota Duluth, no problem. 2-1 to one victory. Knocking off the Providence, whatever the hell they call themselves. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> knocking off Providence. I don't, I don't, you know, the Harvard can't get it done against Boston College. Alex Chuck with two goals against Harvard. Gotta love that. And then he doesn't score against Minnesota Duluth, but Boston College, a team if Tuck wasn't on, was, wasn't on that team, I would, ha- I would hate Boston College because they've, they've had a lot of history against the Gophers and they always need to beat them in the big tournament. Can't stand it. Over there, Yale could not get the job done against Mass Lowell. Just couldn't finish the job. And Mass Lowell wins 3-2. to two, So Yale uh, defeated in the first round in that case. Quinnipiac shutting out Rochester International. And then beating Mass Lowell pretty soundly 4-1. to one. Right now, I would not be surprised to see uh, the way things are going. Denver versus, uh, Denver versus Quinnipiac in the championship game. I think Quinnipiac is, uh, well, they're the number one seed in the whole... NCAA tournament, and they're the team I'd like to see win because they've not won before. Uh, they've had so many good seasons, and they just always seem to come up short, and I feel bad for that program. I don't want to see Boston College win again, unless Justin Tuck is the outstanding player, and then the, the Wild sign him, and then move him to Iowa for a couple of games or so, or and then he's in the uh, you know the summer training camp and all that, all the prospects camp and all that, and then we go from there, hope for the best. Maybe he's in the NHL Wilds very soon. Goodbye, Jason Zucker, at that point, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I'd like to see Quinnipiac get it done here. Um, Denver, I think, is playing absolutely crazy good. But North Dakota is the better team. Uh, they're higher ranked and all that. And they've both teams have an incredible NCAA uh, success, NCAA championship success rate over the years. Boston College, same thing. All three of those teams are legendary in the NCAA tournament. Quinnipiac still waiting for their first Really want Quinnipiac to get it done. And I know all of you WCHA fans and stuff would love to see Denver and North Dakota win. I don't know why. Why do you want your rivals, your old rivals to win? Why? That's like cheering for the Packers and the Lions. You really want them to win? Really? Go Quinnipiac. Seriously. I'm sorry. Uh, I know it's some some Richie Rich school over in Connecticut, but you know what? Go Richie Rich. I'd rather see the Richie Rich win than freaking old rivals that I can't stand. But again, go North Dakota over Denver. I, it's just something about the Pioneers. I just, ugh, I can't stand them. And I made a mistake with Colorado uh, College last week. They're the Tigers. Pardon me. I call them the Bears. I got to mix up with Colorado, you know, University, you know, the regular Colorado. It's Colorado College Tigers. I don't know why I did that, but it is what it is. They're the Tigers. I was Don Lucia's old team. 
and they uh, got heartbroken. Remember back in 96, they lost a couple times. They went to the championship game, lost a couple times. Heartbroken in 96. A couple years later, came with the Gophers, and then two years after that, three years after that, won the national championship and did it again. Lucia, again, I would not mind uh, seeing him go, but I'd also, it's not going to kill me if he comes back, that type of thing. Um, so let's jump over to the Iowa Wild for the time being. Uh, Jordan Greenway, again, Boston U. Jordan Greenway did not score in that game, so that was a shame. Uh, Lucia did not score against uh, no, no, uh, not score uh, in the Notre Dame game against Michigan. Wasn't really wasn't really visible in that game. It seemed like it just seemed like he gets buried in the lineups there, and I don't understand why that was taking place. Other than I'm sure there's a lot of other good players on that roster, but over in Iowa, though, so far a nice little start for. Mario Lucia in three games. He has two assists, so that's good. Three games to the Iowa Wild. Very cool that he was able to suit up for that team for a couple games here, at least, as their season will soon wrap up. Not for, I mean, not too long from now, but get some get some professional hockey on his belt, which is really nice. Three games, two assists for him, ultimately. But it's mostly been Grayson Downing, Zach Mitchell still leading the way for this team. Grayson Downing overall, the MVP for that club, you could say, other than you could say Jordan Schrader was probably the best player, but he's been a valuable player for the Minnesota Wild of late. Uh, Christian Foline, always a factor with that club as well. Really a scorer down there, 13 points in only 28 games, Christian Foline, because, of course, he, he'd been injured at times and also up with the Minnesota Wild playing or scratch, that type of thing, but on the Wild roster, Minnesota Wild roster in that case. Olofsson never came back. Gustav Olofsson still at only 52 games on the season. Disappointing because he was on a nice run for a while there as Torchetti was wrapping up his uh, tenure with that club before coming up, taking over for Mr. Mike Yo, a name you won't hear as much in the future, uh, but you'll hear it here and there. Uh, Jared Knight doing what he does best, and that's not much. <laughs> I hate to say. Okay, that's not completely true. Quad City Mallard, he's been picking it up of late, and good for him in Quad City, because with the Iowa Wild, he only managed 7 points in 37 games, but in 17 games now with Quad City, 13 points overall, 6 goals, 7 assists for Mr. Jared Knight, so he's picking up the pace a bit down in the <laughs> down in the, in the lower level, the ECHL, the Quad City Mallards, the level below, below the, Iowa, the Iowa Wild, so at least he's doing something somewhere, hopefully he can come around, I mean, it's kind of like a Jared Knight watch. I'm I'm just interested in that one because it was a Zach Phillips trade, 28th overall pick for Jared Knight, who was a uh, early second round pick for the the Boston Bruins around that same time. Um, similar situations there and such. Would like to see Jared Knight come around. It, it would just be cool. It would make me feel a lot better with the way things went with uh, Zach Phillips and such, who started strong last year with the, uh, the the Providence Bruins, but then this year not Jack Stewart. So. I guess uh, it just is what it is in that case. There you go. Uh, nobody else in the uh, the wild system really standing out in the NCAA tournament. Just uh, Alex Tuck, and he was a number one. He was a first round pick. So hoping for the best here. He's got an opportunity on the national stage here th- uh, Thursday night to hopefully get the job done. But uh, I'd rather see. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Alex Tuck do well, but I'd rather see Quinnipiac win. But if Boston College wins, who would be my second choice? Because I don't want North Dakota or Denver to win. But uh, if Boston College wins the National Championship, it'd be cool to see Alex Tuck being the uh, most valuable player of the tournament. Wouldn't that be cool? Most outstanding player of the tournament. Outstanding player of the tournament. That would be outstanding indeed, wouldn't it? (laughs) Okay, well, to get a hold of the Wild, uh, one way to reach, well, reach, one way to interact is at Brave the Wild. Always appreciate that, at Brave the Wild. But also there's, of course, the Facebook page, which we're going to get to right now. It is facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. There's also a phone line 209 736 7877. 209 736 7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. And there you go. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild and go. Talk. Talk for a minute or two. Also, those of you that do not live in the United States, maybe Australia, maybe New Zealand, maybe Canada, maybe anywhere. <laughs> maybe. Maybe uh, Finland, you know, hey, Sweden, you never know. You got Swedish players, Finland guys out there. Maybe they're fans of the Wild because of, uh, you know, the Finn players on the team. You can call in. Uh, you The way, you, way you're able to is on your smartphone. Use the sound recorder and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. You just email that sound file to me and I'll figure out what to do. If it, Hopefully it's MB3, but if it's not, I can hopefully figure it out and get it going like I did with uh, Tene Brown's call. 
Uh, it was not hard at all. So very cool. Got that going. And I remember uh, Kenny Bruce and Brown called into TE that way. Very awesome. Timberwolves explosion, that is. Uh, Mark Carlson was saying how he was watching the uh, Senators game. Yep, the Senators game. Wild versus Senators with with Jamison Chase Carlson. Welcome back to Iowa, Jay. Go wild. Yep, yep, yep. And I was saying that's awesome. It should be fun. And he said, fun as it can be. Oh, come on. And the Blackhawks next? Yep, he was disappointed in the way the Wild could not finish the job there. I love, still love that picture that Ben Allen, <laughs> Ben Allen gave me, Ben Allen out of Australia. He had to say, do something, or it was like a stick man, a guy holding a little guy holding a stick, like poking at the Wild logo, do something. <laughs> that was about right for the Wild at the time, and it's kind of like coming back in that direction again, isn't it? Mm, sorry, that was very noisy. Uh, nothing on the, where I left off with episode 120. Uh, then I wrote, that I posted that the Wild signed Mario Lechia to entry-level contract. Very happy for me. Nobody posted, uh, nobody talked in it, but there were a couple of likes there. Uh, Wild, the first NHL team to sweep the Blackhawks since 1939. That's absolutely nuts. And remember how awful the Blackhawks were in the early 2000s? Like, pretty much most of the 2000s, and that's why the Blackhawks are good now, because they're able to get number one picks. You know, you know, you know like the Duncan Keats, the pa- Patrick Kane's, the jo- Jonathan Taves, all those guys. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, Chris Porter and others liking that one. and Really cool. Ben Allen saying how sweet it was. Jason Catterlick saying, oh yeah. And really cool to hear from you guys. And I said I predicted this on the last show that the Wild would ultimately sweep the series. Didn't realize how uh, crazy it would be though. How long, how far back in the past it was. I mean, we're talking over 70 years ago, ladies and gentlemen. Almost 80 years ago. That's, that's just nuts. <sighs> it's absolutely insane. Almost 80 years already, too, by the way. That's even more strange. How could that be almost 80 years ago? Man, I mean, none of those guys are still living, most likely. I mean, most likely. <laughs> I mean, you'd be pushing 100. Um, ben Allen saying, uh, thank you also said Hollow would score, too. And I did, and he and Hollow did score, and he's just so freaking valuable and just an absolute stud. How can you not love Eric Hollow on this roster? And then I also posted about Mario Lucia already has two assists and only three games of the Iowa Wild. Tom Smith liking it. Nobody commenting. Bummer. Bummer indeed. I did get a message, though. Uh, let's get to it here. If it loads, David Patterson, he was saying, he's saying Patrick Kane, Minnesota Wild playoffs 2016. He would like to see the Wild and Blackhawks go at it again. That would be pretty fun. And he's put a thumbs up there. Uh, he also said, goal, David Patterson. Holy hockey, Devin Dubnik goal. Hmm. Oh, I think he said goalie hockey. <laughs> it's probably a cell phone typos and such. But, uh, huh. I was saying hockey, David Patterson, Devin Dubnik photo. That was on a Wheaties box, so that's cool. That was a while ago. Very cool. Got to like that. Very cool. Thank you for the messages, David Patterson. Hopefully you're a listener and such. Hmm, I'm seeing another message from a while ago. That was disappointing. That was a long time ago, a couple of years ago. Oh, don't want to remember that guy, Travis Krenz. Oof, what a jerk. What a jerk he turned out to be. Oh, if you're listening, yeah, I'm sure he isn't. He's too important for me. <laughs> yeah, too important. Uh, ultimately, I do believe that's it. Uh, no, I'll check the Twitter just in case, at Brave the Wild there. And, of course, the audio submissions and all that, you can send them that way to pal, you know, live at yahoo.com. Ultimately, hoping for the best here. The Wilds should make the playoffs. And, uh, well, for those of you hoping the Wild play the Dallas Stars, yeah, I better close with this. I'm not sure what you're thinking. You, you want the Wild to play the Dallas Stars? Uh, really? What part about the Dallas Stars <laughs> and Wild history tells you the Wild are going to win that series? I, I'm not understanding it. See, last year, when the Wild were playing St. Louis, for the longest time, you figured the Wild aren't going to beat St. Louis because they never beat St. Louis ever, 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 ever. But then late in the season, the Wild started beating the St. Louis Blues. They started actually having some success against that team. The Wild never have success against the Dallas Stars. They, they, the last game, uh, until they finally won one, was it last year, they hadn't beat the Dallas Stars in Dallas since before September 11th. It was early March 2001 when, the, when both teams were not very good, actually. But also... It's like the only time you saw success, the Wild versus the Stars, was the first game they ever played. The 6 nothing game back in 2000. Remember? Yeah. That's when the Wild had success against the Dallas Stars. I don't have a lot of faith uh, against the Wild versus the Stars. It's been a horrible matchup. The Wild versus St. Louis, uh, 
it would be an interesting matchup because it's not going to be a sweep or anything. It might go six or seven games, but I think the Wild could beat the St. Louis Blues. I know they can, and they're always dogs. They always choke in the playoffs in the first round. The Stars are, uh, their their playoff history isn't the best thing you ever saw. No. Uh, they won the Cup in 99, but other than that, they, they disappointed at times. Uh, 98, they were an unbelievable team, and they lost in the conference finals, though it didn't help that Joe Neuendijk was injured by a goon of the Sharks in the first round. Did not help that club at all. Ultimately, uh, that was, uh, God, what was his name? Brian Marchman, I believe. He slammed uh, uh, Neuendijk awkwardly against the wall, and the guy had an ACL. Great. And then they got to the conference finals and then ultimately lost to the dead things in that series. And that sucked. Detroit got sick of them. Dallas had a better record than them, but the dead things got their Stanley Cup again. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, Dallas has not had a massive playoff success rate other than uh, 99 when they kind of went all the way and they ran into a Buffalo team that wasn't that good. And they finished the job with that one. Nothing going on with the Yahoo, I believe. How much do I just... Oh, yeah, that was last time. Uh, Shane Palmquist. How much do I despise the Avalanche? Well, to me, they're the White Sox of the NHL. Yeah, the dirty-hated, cheesing Southsiders, right? <laughs> I agree with you, Shane Palmquist, without a doubt. Uh, totally agree with you on that one. Yes, sir. So I want to thank you for your inclusion, those of you that have been, uh, been commenting on the page, Ben Allen and others. Keep keep posting. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you. Uh, Mark Carlson, others out there. Chris Porter, please post if you can sometimes. I mean, I really appreciate it. I know he's more of a Sharks and a Pittsburgh Penguins fan and such. Totally understand that, but he's a big hockey fan. And the Wild are a team that he likes. Kind of like how Vince Germano is, was a, is a Lakers fan, but he likes the Timberwolves as well. That that type of thing. Always love Chris Porter. Really appreciate the uh, loyalty he's shown to the show. He is the the godfather of Minnesota Wild listeners. I mean, without a doubt, he's the godfather, the the the, the, the leader of them all. I mean, he, he's been around the longest, the most loyal of them all. And I, I just say, God bless you from the bottom of my heart, Chris Porter. If, if you are listening, and I think he is, most likely, hopefully. <laughs> I do not take it for granted. If any, if you think I do, well, it's not true. I do not take it for granted. I appreciate it with just so much. I appreciate it so much over the last eight years already, if you can believe it. It's absolutely crazy. It's been that long. Eight, eight years as of August, anyway, back when I was whining and bitching about Gabrick leaving because it sucked. It was, it was a bummer. Uh, but there you go. Hope for the best here. Hopefully the Wild can wrap this up. I think the odds of the Wild making the playoffs are about 95%. Um, should, Colorado's not up to the challenge of winning three games in a row. They're just not. Uh, let's just leave it alone here. Let's just let it be what it is and uh, hope for the best. Hope it's the St. Louis Blues. And if it's Dallas, well, let's uh, change history, shall we?